Hello and welcome once again to the My Favourite Film Podcast with me, your host, Gav Smith. Right, this week, talking about the Japanese horror, Ring. A fantastic film based on a fantastic book, or a series of books, actually. But we'll talk more about that during the actual course of the conversation. My conversation is with Rob Simpson from The Geek Show. The usual contact stuff first, if you want to get in touch with me here at the podcast, it is... My favorite film podcast at gmail.com on Twitter at my favorite film or Instagram at my favorite film podcast. There you go. All of that stuff is where you can find me. If you're enjoying the show, please, the best way of showing your support for the show is to go over to Apple Podcasts or to Spotify and leave me a five star rating and review. It is those five star ratings and reviews that helps this podcast get found by other people. So please do that. So, to the Japanese horror ring. This is my spoiler-filled conversation with Rob Simpson. Please enjoy. Hello, Rob. How are you? I'm not bad, thank you. Not bad at all. Good. Um, we are going to talk about uh, Ring today, 1998's yes. Japanese horror film Ring. Um, before we start, do you want to just tell us a little about yourself, about your connection to the movie industry, I suppose? Um, yes, I am the chief editor of uh, the Geek Show. Reviewed a lot of movies over the years. Um, I don't, I don't want to excel it too much, but been <laughs> doing it for about ten years as a reviewer uh, in some shape or form. And I know this is becoming a bit of a cliche, but I'm taking me first baby steps into the world of actually making them because when you've wrote about them for so long, yeah. You want to see what's on the other side of the curtain, but absolutely, yeah. Reviewed hundreds and hundreds of movies, so why not give it a try? Yeah, absolutely. So, I'm gonna guess because I know that the film we're doing tonight, and you know, you've got a little bit of a look. Is it gonna be a, a horror film you're gonna be doing as your first for for you there? Or? Um, well, I'll, I'll give a little bit of a spoiler. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it is a horror film, but its title's called Sacrifice. It's like Ooh. a little micro shot. Ah, right. Okay. Cool. And it's based on a pun. So, yes. <laughs> it's going to be good. <laughs> we all like puns. Yes. Yes, indeed. Right. Let's start with the, the I suppose, the, the first question, the big question I have to ask, which is why is Ring your favorite film? Um, I, I don't know whether it is. I mean, okay. I know you get this question every episode. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's lists on Letterboxd of people who have 100 favourite movies, yeah, one yeah, for yeah. every day of the year or, or what have you. But the reason why I picked The Ring is, is there's a story to it, really. I, I guess it's the movie that got me into horror and I've become like a major uh, fan of horror since. Yeah. I know you did in a recent episode with, with uh, Mike Munster of yeah. Evolution of Horror. I'm around yeah, the same yeah. age as him. Yeah. He talked about Scream. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like horror at the start because it was that slasher boom. Yes. Weren't very good, generally speaking. <laughs> the 90s slashers were a little bit, yeah. We got into sort of Dawson's Creek territory, didn't we? So. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I remember more about my young crushes than the actual content of the movies, <laughs> which, which says quite a lot. It does, yeah. <laughs> But one of the things that I've always loved is, is like Hong Kong movies and yeah. and what have you. Uh, and DVD labels have been instrumental in in making me a, a, a proper movie fan. Right, and there yeah. were two labels in particular. 
Hong Kong legends and Asian, Asian extreme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody of a certain age knows them. Um, yeah, yeah. And the one which really, when you you find a movie and it just sort of knocks your socks off. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll, there's all those slashes. I didn't particularly like horror, but when you see something which is so completely different. Yeah. It's like your whole worldview is just being shattered. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think a movie's done that for me quite as significantly as, as Ring did. Right, okay. So this was your first sort of foray into to any horror, was it? Or had you seen those slashes beforehand and gone, ah, that's not for me? Yeah, it, it kind of a throwaway and identical, but a proper meaty horror movie where it was about something a bit more. Yeah, it probably was one of the first. Right, cool. And if you're a big fan of all the Japanese horrors then now, or will you just watch anything? <laughs> I'll, I'll watch anything, you know, uh, from weird Japanese car movies to stuff like this. Yeah, but it, yeah, the, the Ring was a big gateway one, and I think it's hard to compare anything to that, right? Because uh, I've watched the a lot of the extras on the Ring Blu-ray, yeah. you yeah. know, because you watch something so many times, you can't see the forest or the trees, and to get no. that expert perspective, the ones where the his, Japanese history yeah, yeah, yeah. behind it. Yeah. And that was, you know, um, people say of American movies, oh, it has one and it's really successful and everybody cashing in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they did that in Japan too. And yeah. You have all the movies like this, like uh, One Missed Call. Yeah. Uh, the Eye. Yeah. I think it was from Thailand. Just so, so many where yeah. it's a movie, it has some rules and yeah. some spooky stuff. There's just yeah. hundreds of them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, even The Grudge comes in that as well, I suppose, doesn't it? Which are the yeah. Ring and Grudge basically being the two that have been remade for American audiences or Yeah, audiences, was that, yeah. Um, I can't remember, it's Sedeco versus Kayako, which oh, they did. Did they do one? I missed that one somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's an odd movie. you I know. Bet it is. <laughs> Two Japanese black-haired girls, one yeah. croaks and the other one looks weirdly at people and they just declare <laughs> war on each other. It's such a weird movie. Well, I find that now. I think <laughs> it's on Shudder. Is yeah. it? Right, I'll have, to, I'll have to have a find that and, and see that one. That sounds really interesting. It sounds better than Freddy vs. Jason, that's for sure. <laughs> Thankfully, I've never seen that. <laughs> have you not? I wouldn't advise it, to be honest. <laughs> um, just trying to think now. Sorry, I've lost my place there. So, uh, the ring. Then, when when did you see it first? Then what? It was the. It was before the American remake, right? Yeah, because it it kind it was of a group of movies. Uh, I was a late teenager. I think yeah. I might have still been in college then, and it just kicked off this really really obnoxious phase of only watching <laughs> Japanese and Korean things. <laughs> so it must have been. Oof, between 99 and about 2003. Right, so. okay, yeah. Yeah, probably about the same time as I watched it. I know um, I saw it on Channel 4 in the early 2000s. Channel 4 just used to show fantastic films really late on a Friday night. Um, yeah. And it showed all, they showed all the Ring films in a, in a row, pretty much. Um, I think they showed Ring first, and then later on the, they showed them all again and showed Ring and Ring 2 and then Ring Zero. Um, so I think I saw at that point... Yeah, if only that was all of them. They've been, yeah, I know there's, been... a, there's a lot more, but that was the the first ones they made, wasn't it? That I kind of saw at that point. 
Yeah. Being a horrible, obnoxious purist, I will say they're the pure ones. They're the real ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's lots of other stuff, isn't there? Um, oh, yeah. But I mean, Ring itself, so it's a remake of a of Ringu, which is the TV series, a TV film that they made back in '95, isn't it? Yeah, which then was a very they, very pure yeah. adaptation, apparently. Yes, it's it's closer to the original novel and the the, the source material. Yeah, the Koji Suzuki novel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which you were saying before we started recording, and yeah. it, it, it is bizarre. It's nothing like what we know the Hideo Nakata movie to be at no, all. No, not at all. I mean, I mean, the main, the main issue, which is I think what I was talking to um, beforehand, was that the, the novel is very much from the male perspective. It's about a guy who's doing this investigation, um, and it's him that lives through at the end um, and actually goes through into the, the second novel, because Koji did three novels, uh, Ring, yeah. Spiral, and Loop. So, but I know Ring Two borrows from Spiral, but it's borrowing rather than adapting from. Yeah, yeah. I only remember vague, vague visuals from Ring Two. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. first one is the purest experience. I think it is. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to ask you this question: Are you a subtitles or dub man? Subtitles. <laughs> Subtitles. Good man. <laughs> I say this because I've coming from a fandom of Kung Fu, I have seen some bad, bad dubs. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I must admit, I, I always put subtitles on. I prefer to watch it in the original language. Just you just get more feeling for what they're the actors are actually saying and how they're saying things if you hear it in their yeah. language and read the words. Yeah. And and because they have to a little bit of a language secret, but Japanese is gibberish in English. <laughs> yeah, like pretty you, much. You go into these uh, translations, the pure translations, and if you transfer a normal English sentence into Japanese, and it's it, it doesn't make any sense no. whatsoever. No, not at all. So in translating it, they've kind of got to make it make sense. Yeah. And then which... make it relate to the events of the movie, which is a very... Mental gymnastics of yeah. that are incredible, really. Yeah. Yeah, I think reading it's it's far easier. I find anyway. It's also nice yeah. to be able to hear the the pronunciation that they have in Japanese of the names of the the characters. Although I, I do True. find a lot of the time I, I miss that because because of the way, as you say, it's a bit gibberish the way they speak. Um, and then as you read on the subtitles, they say the name at a complete different point than you've read it. So yeah. you, you sometimes go, what where what was that name? Yeah. So like little things like there's no word for I in Japanese, so they refer to right. themselves in third person all the time. All right, okay, yeah, I'd never really noticed that, but yeah, you now I think about it when I've been reading subtitles and things, it does kind of make sense the way they're then speaking over the top, yeah. Hmm. yeah. But weird things you pick up, yeah. I still can't speak Japanese, but you know, I've, I've seen a lot of <laughs> Japanese films <laughs> with subtitles. <laughs> I just did um, the Yokai Monsters. For a review for the um, the website and the first three of those are all there's no dub at all for them you have to watch the subtitles so yeah let's have a little discussion of the characters then before we get into the film um there's not a lot of characters in it it has to be said um there's basically oh, i'm going to try and pronounce their names and hopefully remember what it sounded like um Askoa or reiko who is the yes. reporter the journalist um she's investigating the deaths, the mysterious deaths of these teenagers. 
which we're obviously going to get into. Uh, there's Ryu, who's her ex-husband, and Yochi, who's her son, or their son, actually, I assume. Yes. Yeah. Um, Precocious little Taiki, he is too. He is, yes. Um, what What do you think about these these sort of these because these are the main characters? Um, yeah. The rest of the characters are very incidental, other than the, another couple that I'll mention in a moment, but. I like how straightforward it is, really. Yeah. Um, the male lead, Rui, what was the name again? I'm Ryu. terrible remembering names. Ryu. Ryu uh, yeah. He is an odd character. He's introduced yeah. quite a while into it, and um, he's sold as having an extrasensory perception. Yeah, yeah. Which is one of these things that you forget about the movie, that it does have this... His yeah. backbone and throughout it. Yeah. Um, I like the female lead, honestly, because it, it's kind of a bold move. Yes. Yes. It's, it's a very male oriented society, Japan. Yeah. And to have this movie, which basically um, did gangbusters for success in, in Japan, yeah, it's yeah. Quite, quite audacious, I think. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. She's an interesting yeah. character as well. She is. I mean, she's, qu- she's quite meek, but she never, ever gives up. Yeah. And I mean, you look at the Japan, the American one, Naomi Watt, I think, is the yeah, same yeah. role, and it's it's much it's a much more hysterical role. Yeah, absolutely. She she's scared through the whole thing, as you were. Um, Rico doesn't seem to be until the very final act, pretty much. Um, when they're towards the well, which we'll talk about later on, that's the only time she seems to fall apart. Yeah, she's only really more scared for her kid than herself. Yes, really I think so. Yeah, more consigned yeah. to fate really than anything yeah. else. Yeah, I mean it as. As we were saying about the the male lead or having a male lead in it, the book obviously is is his story throughout. Yeah, um, Reiko is in it because they still have the same relationship. Um, I think in the book as well, it does set him up as being a paranormal investigator or a paranormal psychiatrist. He, he he's a doctor, and he is studying that. So there is a lot more sort of exposition in the book about what he does and why he's the person to go to than I think the movie yeah. shows. Yeah. The movie doesn't make a big deal out of it at all. He no. just has ESP and that's, that's yeah. fine. Just, <laughs> Absolutely. He, he what he does. I think he does say this because when she goes to meet him for the first time, he says this is one of my students. So it is obviously he's a doctor of some sort, but there's no other yeah, explanation that, of what that's, that's all that, about, is there? <laughs> that scene plays out very weird. Yeah. When I watched this time, I thought, is there more going on there? That seems a yeah. bit close of a relationship yeah. that the two have. Yeah, especially because later on you then see her at the hospital towards the very end, and it's like she's she's fallen apart because he's gone. It's um yeah, there's there's obviously something between student and teacher there that's a little bit more than yeah. is said in the film, but maybe more than that's the, you see. Yeah, yeah. We then have um three other characters, which is Shizuku, um, Dr. Ikuma. And of course, Sadako. Um, Shizuku is Sadako's mum. Dr. Akuma, we think, is Sadako's father. Um, they certainly allude yes. to that, but never actually say it outright. Um, but he's a doctor who's um, basically trying to work out if Shizuku is able to predict the future and prove this to a public that is not ready for it. Yeah. Yeah, like in the ring tape. There's yeah. like a little bit that says eruption, isn't there? And that's what yes. it's in reference to. She she predicted a eruption on some Japanese island. Yes. Yeah. And the whole island hated her. 
<laughs> you don't really see much of him beyond no, that no. and like a little bit of a flashback. But... Yes. Yeah. I mean, actually, that flashback, it it seemed longer than I remember it when first time I, I watched the film. I, I don't remember there being quite as much information about the mother and that bit of the story, but maybe it's just, it's been a while since I've seen it. So remembering it now, it's like, oh, there's a lot yeah. more there than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things, isn't it? Like uh, you think of, say, Home Alone, you think, oh, there's so much hijinks in that, but you watch it back <laughs> and it's like 20 minutes at the end. Yeah. So, <laughs> memory's a funny old thing. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the, there's, there's Sadako, who is the... Yeah. Ah, what, is she, she's the killer, I suppose. If you were going to have this as a, a slasher movie, she'd be the, the Jason or Michael Myers type character that's in there. Um, but she's very different from that point of view. What do you think of her as a, a character and a, a villain, I suppose? As a villain, she's uh, skin-crawling, honestly. <laughs> Because some of the, I mean, there's the famous scene at the end where she yeah. crawls out the TV. Yeah. But there's like bits at the beginning where there's a pair, there's a couple in a car. Yeah. That have been, have succumbed to her death stairs or whatever there yeah. might be. Yeah. Is, how does she manifest? It's just, it's interesting because there's so many rules that aren't, well, not rules, but the extent of what she can do isn't really fully just like uh, looked into. No. No, not at all. It's left open-ended to a degree. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's it's obviously that that famous scene where she calls out the television is the it's the one that everyone remembers. It only happens once, although you'd probably think it would happen every mm. every murder. Um, but yeah, that's the only time that you see how she kills a victim. Um, the other times it doesn't make sense. Yeah, they're in a car in the middle of nowhere. How did she get into the car if they didn't have a TV? If she comes out through the videotape. Um, yeah, yeah, doesn't seem to make a lot of sense that one, but do they need and, to explain uh, it? There's know. another, se- oh no, no, I mean, there's the other scene at the beginning, like the cold open, where yeah, uh, there's a fo- like the rules are you you watch the tape, you get a phone call, seven days later, you're dead. Yeah, it's quite simple. And yeah, the scene at the beginning, <laughs> um, there's a, she has a phone call, and then the TV turns itself on, yes. And then something happens, the screen sort of like freezes and the other, later on in the movie, they find the other girl who's in a cupboard somewhere. Yes, yeah, yeah. So they've, they've both been attacked, haven't they? But you only see one of them actually die. Um, or do you... It's, 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 it's power set, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, well let's, let's start with that because that's, that's the start of the film, is it? The girl, it's the two teenage girls at the start. Um, one yeah. of whom's called Tomoko and she becomes a major sort of, a lead for Reiko when she's doing a story. And I don't think they actually give the other girl's name. And I kind of assumed it was a sister rather than a friend. Um, because when the phone rings, I think they both run downstairs and, and I think it's Tomoko that answers the phone and she's, oh, it's just mum. It's uh, what's said yeah. in the subtitle. So I assumed it was a sister rather than a friend. Um, but they're talking about the video and about the fact that, you know, what happens is you watch this video and then you get a phone call and that's it, you're dead in seven days' time. At which point, Tomoko sort of says that she's seen the video and then brushes it off all as a a big sort of joke um, that she hasn't really seen it. So we think this, this because this is the premise of the film, was this is the, the point where we're coming into it and that's how you're, you're understanding it. What we think of that as the, the sort of premise for the film. Well, it 
sets it up as um investigation movie, doesn't it, really? Yeah. Which it's this, the horror aspect of it is quite slim. I mean, it's got these scenes yeah, scattered yeah. throughout it and it has a yeah. sense of dread. Yeah. But fundamentally, you're talking about a movie about a journalist yeah. trying to find a story. Yeah. Yeah. And that's much more interesting to me than a spooky thing does spooky thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it's not, a, it's not a, I think, um, it's always been sold as being a Japanese kind of slasher movie almost. Um, I think when I first saw it, having seen trailers for it on, on Channel 4 before I saw it, it was, that's the way it was built, that it was kind of Japanese version of Halloween or a Japanese version of, you know, um, Nightmare on Elm Street or something like that, which it certainly, it's not, it's nothing like that at all. Um, we've got this ghostly figure of Sadako who you actually don't see her do anything until that final moment when she comes out of the telly. I think all the murders you see beforehand, it just flicks to a, a, a negative of their face in a grimace, yeah. and that's it. It's quite a sleek move, I think, honestly. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, the imagination is, a as far as horror, you know, the imagination is the most powerful tool, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. What you don't say is scarier than what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do, you, so you think it's a, a brave move or just an interesting move to not show the killer until I guess you don't see her until the very final act, not fully. I guess it is it is brave, especially the era it was in. Yeah, because um, it's a very very traditional sort of movie. It, it's not it. We think of it as a modern movie, but its standards and the way it execute itself and the way it tells its story yeah we're talking about centuries years old stories here you know yeah, about yeah, yeah. curses and ghosts yeah yeah so it's kind of a weird thing to sort of describe really uh, to explain through mental gymnastics it, it is essentially a slasher where yes. you find try to find the killer but yeah it completely avoids showing anything yeah yeah and i yeah. think it Honestly, it makes the film feel a bit more dangerous. Yes. Yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, there's certain elements of the film that are just... And we'll get into them, but there's some elements that are really quite disturbing when you're watching, that you're just a little bit on edge when you're watching that part of the film, which I guess is what a good psychological yes. thriller does, yeah. Maybe it's a psychological thriller rather than a horror, but there's a fine line there anyway, isn't there? So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like... Uh... Sounds of the Lambs and, and Seven. Yeah. It's not a million miles away from that sort of territory. No, it's it's more it's more on that that ilk, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So yeah, we've got these two teenagers. One of whom we see is definitely killed by something. Um. Yes. And then it flicks very quickly to Reiko, who is doing an interview with another group of teenagers. Um. I think pretty sure she's got a cameraman behind her so because i was trying to work out what she what she works for as a reporter but i'm pretty sure there is a cameraman at this point but then she goes yeah. into newspapers later on so i'm not 100 sure what she does <laughs> <laughs> she's yeah. just a reporter of some sort i'm not, I'm not going to claim it's it's flawless but yeah that <laughs> no, is a bit of a weird thing because it, it does set up like the cameraman says don't look into the camera that's it yes to do the yeah. girls yeah and yeah, yeah. i've i've had that opposite end before a few times yeah. um but it's and then all the references are 
in newspapers looking for certain paragraphs. Yeah, this, yeah. Pe- this, this pair died in Yokohama. Can you find yeah. out what school this is? Like, yeah. Oh, also little references like this. So yeah. Journalist, just a, a, a vague journalist. Yeah, she is. Job. It's really weird because obviously there's there's a whole story about this. There's teenagers that are just seemingly perfectly healthy and they're dying in their cars or in their homes or whatever with this look on their face. And the police don't seem to be doing anything about it. It's, it's left this poor record, reporter who's um, got a young son at home and no one to look after him because he's left on his own an awful lot. She's um, a terrible mum. She's a ter- terrible, terrible mum. <laughs> but I'm sure there's one point where they're late at night in a library and, and her ex-husband, who's the father of this, goes, are you leaving him alone again? Yeah, he'll be fine. Happens all the time. <laughs> Phones him. Are you okay being your own again? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. Wow, he's six years old or something. I know. Yeah, he's really this young, is isn't really, he? Yeah. This is bad. It's no surprise he ends up putting on a video that he should be watching. But <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> We've all done it. Exactly. Hopefully not this one though. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they basically then talk about these teenagers have obviously heard this rumor or this things going around their school about this videotape and about all the murders that have happened. And this is what gets her on the, the whole, I don't know, searching for the killer. Um, And there's a lot of, a lot of nothing happens in the film at this point where she's just investigating, but not really finding anything out particularly. Um, chasing red herrings really. yeah 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 it was in this it was in this part um it actually made me think of Candyman. it'd make a oh yeah yeah it'd make an actually a really really good double bill with either of the yeah candy man really yeah probably would wouldn't it yeah think about it because because they're both about um how kids tend to have these reputations a dare you to say candy man in a mirror five yes. times yes uh I dare you to watch this videotape. Something's going to ring you and then you'll die. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Weird yeah. playground dares, really. That's the, the backbone of this part yeah. of the movie anyway. It's it's got that same ring to it, I suppose. Yes, it has. Yeah, because I think um, in the, the little introduction bit where the teenagers talk about the, the one that's that's discussing the video says that it's something about someone was trying to record something on the telly and instead of recording what they want to, they got this footage. Yeah, which is certainly the way it's described in the novel as well. That you know, in this cabin, they were trying to tape the baseball, and when they played yeah. it back, they got this. They don't so. really run with that an awful lot, though. Do no, because after that, it's kind of implied that it's somehow a mystical cassette of like, yeah. just happened in just the happened, world, yeah, just appeared in some way. Um, so Rico eventually through her very good investigation that it must be because she somehow finds this cabin in the woods that is in the middle of nowhere that these kids mm. have gone to that there's no um there's no record of the kids anymore these kids are all dead so who knows how they got there but she gets to the cabin in the woods um i think does she she visits um tomago's mother doesn't she yeah, she goes to the funeral yeah she goes to the funeral yeah finds her son goes upstairs yeah wanders off yeah uh, it, it kind of sells that little that's the most dreading well, one of the most dread inducing things yeah the idea that this kid is going to watch this tape because yes yeah it's, it's still there yeah yeah like, it's implied to still be in that house where they, they died yeah 
Um, but it's but, not. Yeah, it's, it's not there, is it? He didn't watch it at that no. point. Yeah. No. No, not but, yet. Yeah. Does he find the pictures, or is it? I can't. I'm trying to remember now. I didn't write this bit down. Uh, is it Rako that finds the pictures, or is it the son that finds the pictures? It was Rako uh, at yeah. the hotel, Hotel B4. It was. Yes. Um, and if you've been cursed, your photo. They use Polaroid cameras a lot yeah. in this. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Which is a useful plot contrivance. It but, is, yeah, but it works out nicely, yeah. Um, and if you've been cursed, your image will be contorted and twisted yeah, out yeah. of shape. Yeah, it, it's a really good Instagram filter if, 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 we, were doing it, <laughs> yes. if we were doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the things that I was thinking when I was watching. Could you introduce this movie to somebody who doesn't know what a videotape is and they'd still get the fear factor of it? <sighs> you see, I, I, I think... If you were going to try and remake this now, it just wouldn't work because nobody uses video cassettes anymore. I mean, yeah, we, we use Blu-rays and things, but I, yeah, if you came across a Blu-ray that had no label on it or anything, would you think that's a bit weird? I'm going to watch that. Um, if you're recording stuff, it gets recorded onto a you know a hard drive that you've got yeah. in your, your Skybox or whatever it happens to be. So it's per- perfect time, perfect movie, maybe. A- absolutely, I yeah. I, I don't think it's. It's remakeable now, to be honest, but I don't know. I might try it. I might, if I can get my kids ever to get into horror, I might try it with them and see what they think of it. (laughs) They'll probably still test, yeah. Don't know. Um, We'll see. Um, So, yeah, so they've got these blurred faces. They're all messed up. And it's those pictures that they need at the cabin, isn't it? Yes, it is. And the tape is that. Now, they go to the office. Yes. And Oh, what's that tape there? I've got loads of tapes, loads of other <laughs> tapes. But there's one tape at the very end, which is a white case. Yeah, that's the one. And obviously... What's that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, just found that lying around. I assume they'd left it sort of thing. Um, but she takes it back to the cabin, because you would, knowing that it's this tape that is going to kill you in seven days. You're obviously going to take that back to the cabin and watch it, because that's the only thing to do. Um you got to respect the journalistic integrity of doing that as well. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. So she does watch it. I must admit, this is... um, It's the watching of this video, I think, that I find the most unnerving bit of the film. Really? That's yeah. interesting. Because I don't know why, but every time I've seen it, when she's watching it, it the whole video itself is such a weird video that there's yeah. not much happens in it. But I'm always expecting my phone to ring. Regardless of the fact that I know it's completely made up, when it finishes, I always expect my phone. (laughs) I remember everything that happens in it, but there's an image of her mum combing her hair. Yes. Then it'll flash to a little image of her and then back to her mum combing her hair. Yeah. And then then load of, right on the screen, Kanji uh, saying eruption. Yes. Messing around. Yeah. And then. People crawling backwards on a beach. Yes. And there's a guy with something over his head pointing at the ground. Yeah. And then there's, yeah. then there's the image of the, the well in the woods. Yeah. And then there's the, well, where the, the title has been implied that it comes from in that you're then looking up through the well at a ring of sky. Hmm. Uh, obviously it's not where the title comes from at all because it's the it's the loop thing it's creating this ring of the, the videotape is the point but 
there's certainly a lot of talk about that's where it comes from, that you're looking up through this this well to the sky and you see a ring of sky above you. Yeah, but do you, do you not... What do you, what do you know. think of this video? Sorry. Um, well, I really, really like it because it's just a lot of nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just abstract, meaningless nothing, but it's done with this really, really grainy 20th yeah. generation VHS tape. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just groaning on it all over the place. It is, it is creepy, but it's creepy yeah. because it's nothing. Yes, yeah. I think you look that... at the American one, and they just miss the point and go completely overboard with it. Yeah, this has got loads more things that happen in, hasn't it? And it, I seem to remember it, it. The quality of the footage on it is better as well. Although I seem to remember it's black and white, but it's just it's a very different thing, isn't it? it yeah, is, it is, but. I just I like the tape because it just gives us this sense of going back to that thing of danger. You know, if it was a videotape where it showed you these things that you understand, understood, yeah. sorry, exactly what everything meant and exactly yeah. what everything represented, you think, oh, okay, I get that. Yeah, but it's not. It's not. It's just here is some stuff. Yeah, made creepy. Yes, <laughs> I don't know what this is. <laughs> and then the phone rings, mm. and obviously she gets the answers it and I think it just says seven days and that's the whole thing isn't it yeah um, she seems very antsy about it she yeah. answers it but then sort of throws it back on the phone hook yeah. and runs out effectively oh I think she was because of the, the rumours and things that she'd heard about the tape she was expecting that call or maybe she was thinking it's just a hoax when the call actually came through it's like oh, oh my god it's not a hoax which I think would scare you a, a, an awful lot. If you're thinking something is complete hoax and you're watching that tape, and then as soon as it finishes, you get that phone call that you've been told would happen. It's yeah. going to scare you a little bit, isn't it? <laughs> Regardless of how yeah. tough you are. <laughs> it, it is one of those things that Japanese filmmakers say, oh, hang on, we could make something out of this. So you've yeah. got about four versions of one missed call, which I think are playing on that idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not the creepy phone call. Yeah. Um. Seem to remember that, that. Well, they say it later on that the phone only rings in the cabin. Mm. But I'm sure in the the remake, the American version, your phone rings all over the place whenever they watch it, doesn't it? I'm sure, wherever they are, because I'm been sure the I'm sure the first the first death in the um, American version, which is pretty much the same as in the Japanese one. Uh, it's the two teenage girls, but they've just watched the video in their own home, and then the phone rings. Um, I'm pretty sure. I can't remember. It's been a while I since I've watched it as well. Uh, less yeah. is more, to be honest. I think if it yeah. rings once where you are, it does retain that mysterious quality. Yeah. It just follows you around like a bad smell. I don't, I don't think it works. It's not well. quite right, is it? No, no. Um, it's so she's got this call now that says, you know, that's it. The phone's gonna, the phone's rang. You're gonna die in seven days. Um, so she goes. She must take the tape at some point. I don't think she's, you see her tail. You see, she seems to flounce out of the, the cabin in a bit of a fit after dropping the phone down. Um, but she has got the, the tape with her back in. It's Tokyo, isn't it? She's in. Um, yes. Um, and she then makes a copy of the tape, which is a absolute key moment. It is. Except yes. we don't learn that until the very end. But it's a key thing that is a, a plot device that they very quickly gloss over, I suppose. It's intentional, you know, if they yeah. gave away the big ending halfway through, it completely yeah. gut it of any tension. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, this thing is just tension. Uh, it's all tension. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because she then goes to to Ryu, who we find out is her ex husband, and as you said earlier, has some sort of ESP powers that are. <laughs> he twitches somebody and he gets flashbacks. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> um, and they then they watch this tape in in absolute minute detail. Um, I don't think we see him just watch the film or the tape. I think we just see him watching it with her and they go through it in finite detail, try and work out everything that's on it. Um, For example, the guy who's pointing, he has this figure of speech, goblins in the brine or or something. Those two words I remember from it, but it's an odd figure of speech. Yeah, goblins in the brine will get you or something like that. I can't remember what it is. Yeah. and they spot the fact that we're watching um, Sadako's mum brush her hair. And for that film to be shot, you would be able to see the cameraman. And you can't see the cameraman. I mean, of all the things to pick on of a yeah. mystical tape that kills people, it's yeah. who's filming that. It's, yeah. It's odd, odd line of inquiry takes for you. It is, but um, it's, I suppose, it's to take it back to the, the novel. Um, mm. It's because the tape is generated from Sadako's memory somehow. Uh, so the dead Samako, uh, the, the, the Sadako, the, the ghost of her in the well managed to create the tape from the well. So it's her memories that are on the tape rather than anything else. Um, but obviously, again, the film, the way it goes through <laughs> it, it just doesn't, doesn't really give us enough information on that one. It just kind of goes that... It, it makes a point of saying... That's weird the way it's been filmed, but then doesn't bother giving you any more. Yeah. I think ambiguity is the best weapon, really, of that tape. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's what the, the tape all is all the way through it. I mean, it's the fact that there's so much Japanese writing on and the subtitle just says eruption. Yeah, and I, I, that, don't, I think there's a thousand no, it's Chinese, but there's a lot of characters in the Japanese alphabet. Yeah. And not all of them look the same, so there's something else on there. Yeah, but they're... they're they're pausing the video and going backwards and forwards and saying it's unreadable and you can't read them. I was thinking, there's loads of characters. There must be something there other than the word eruption. But I, I don't, don't read Japanese. <laughs> Maybe that scene's got like a different uh, legacy in, in Japan, you know, one of those things that foreigners see it very, very differently than yeah. people in Japan, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it is possible that they're not actual Japanese characters that... Only one is a Japanese character, and that's the big one that's floating around that possibly says eruption. The rest of it's just scroll. Well, they do say later um, that Sadako's mum mumbled a lot of the sea. It wasn't a human language, they said. Ah, so yes, maybe, they do. Maybe there's something there. Maybe it's the non-human language she spoke, but written in Japanese characters. Yeah. Don't know. What, I mean, it's what, as good a guess as any, honestly. Absolutely, but, yeah, yeah. But weirdly, though, because they then, after watching this so much, um, they go to the, I think it's the library. It could be newspaper archives of some sort, and they're pouring through all the newspapers. Um, I don't think they ever explain why they're pouring through these newspapers. That's just what they decided to do to try and work it out. And uh, Reiko finds that what looks like the same bit of text that's floating around the screen in a newspaper that certainly has the word eruption in it. 
<laughs> it's very contrived. I'll, yeah. I'll say that much. <laughs> Things happen by fluke. They do. But, they do. That's okay. That's oh, okay. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't think it ever needs um, explanation of what's going on. It's just, yeah, okay, fair enough. You've got to that point. Get the point A, get the point B, and let's keep going, and we'll get the point C eventually. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, so I think... This basically, the, the, the finding of the tape and then going to the library and finding out this this bit. Um, I think I, I did notice at this point when they watched the tape that the, the, the phone doesn't ring. There's no phone call for Ryu at all. No. So we can only assume that the phone rang in the cabin to tell him he was going to die. But he obviously never got that call. It, it, it's the movie, it's the problem with movies with rules. Yeah. They're living by the rules and they die by the rules. But I yeah. think, again, it just has this sense of the, mysteriousness about everything here that I don't yeah. think you really notice it. You're just too lost in the moment there. Yeah. Because I never noticed that. I mean, I've seen it about four or five times. And I never yeah. noticed that whatsoever. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, they now know then, obviously, because she's had the call. Um, she's had the day before. So she's got six days left to live. Uh, Ryu, now having watched the film, has got seven days left to live. And that night... Um, Reiko wakes up to hear the telly on in the other room. And of course, Yochi is now watching. Yes. Pretty much the end of the video, isn't he? As she comes in through the door. He has this weird dream where something laying in Ruichi's bed. Yes. It's not him. It's just like this black thing just laying there. Yeah. Yeah. And then she she blinks, it's gone. And then there is a kid just sat in the TV watching the end with a the well. Yeah. yeah. And she tries desperately to cover his eyes, which I don't think is going to work at this point, but... It's a, it's a little bit there. And yeah. He, I, I don't know what this bit... He blames Tomoko. Tomoko told him to. Or... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, because Tomoko obviously is the, the, the girl that is murdered at the very start, or we see yeah. die at the very start, um, one of those two teenage girls, but I, I tried to work out whether or not that there was a relationship, a family relationship between Tomoko and Reiko. And that's why she was at the funeral. That's why she was looking into it in the first place. But it's never really yeah. explained. And he does call her Tomoko-shan, which I don't know if it's, uh, if it's, it's a Japanese a, sort of It's expression. a term of... An, yeah, yeah, friendship. It's, an, sort. It, it's a honorific, isn't it? Like yeah. San is Mr. Uh, Sama is a... Like, somebody who's superior and yes. Chan is usually say for somebody who's it's a cutesy term like little tomoko yeah. it basically refers to as so there's some relationship there there is yeah i, I do I, again it's it's not explained they, do, they don't need to explain that, i suppose just he's somehow seen something and i guess because we know that his father has got this esp power and some link to the paranormal maybe yochi has the same connection um and it, i think yeah. it becomes obvious that reiko's got some sort of connection as well from the fact that she saw this strange shape in yochi's bed um she has she has visions she um, has visions yeah like uh, there's a little bit you have to fast like rewind it when she first watches the tape and she looks in the mirror there's somebody stood behind her oh is there i don't ever yeah. spot that i'll have to watch uh, that again, stood behind her just Stood there, and she looks behind her, and then she uh, and then runs yeah. out. Yeah, surprise. So, 
which you would naturally. Oh, that's probably yeah. yeah, absolutely. So a little bit like that sort of seeping into our waking consciousness and their dreams of Sadak yeah. or getting closer bit by bit. Yeah. So she's losing, losing her mind maybe a little bit. Absolutely. There's a lot of that in this, that the the horror doesn't come from the tape or the fact that she might die. It's from her losing her mind and how she feels about the fact that she, one, that she may be going to die and leave her six-year-old son who knows where, Uh to the fact that now she's got to a point where her son she knows is going to die and she's got to save the day somehow. Um, mm. So the rest of the film now is becoming a, a fight, I suppose, to try and work out what this tape's all about, what the curse is all about, and to try and break the curse. Yeah? Which... Well, find, find the history... I don't know. It's not really trying to find the history for the story, do they? No. There's some cracking journalism to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's never about writing a story. It's always about saving themselves and yeah, the kid. Yeah, I mean, she could get a really good story out of this, I'm sure. Oh, <laughs> Maybe yeah, she yeah, does. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember that of the sequel, but it'd be fair. You know, <laughs> be, I'm, I'm pretty sure she's not in the sequel because the sequel... Um, oh, I seem to remember it has a male protagonist. Um, it's a very long time, so yeah. Yeah, well, what I think what it does is it borrows more from the second novel, and obviously it's it's Ryu's character, but in a different character, so a different person yeah. who just happens I mean, to have got the tape somehow. He does return, yeah, uh, in a ghostly figure, but oh, yeah, I think you're right. She doesn't. Yeah, it, it's. I seem to remember that Ring Two was just just a little bit not quite right. Um, it was obviously a good idea to make a sequel because they'd made money, but uh, it, it, I don't think it panned out the way they wanted it to. Well, yeah. it was, it was uh, better than the alternate version it did. They did two versions of Ring, uh, I think Rasengo or something like that is the other one, which is like All right. two concurrent timelines. Um, All right, okay. Like one which is much more literal. Right. Spiral, I think it's called, the other one. Right. Uh and it goes back to the original 1995 TV movie with right. mostly Sadako doing yeah. stalking things. and Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's like three, two separate timelines of Ring movies. And it gets right. really, really confusing. Oh, uh, yeah. That sounds really confusing. Yeah. I think a, that... a Korean version called Ring Virus, I think it was called. Yeah. I know it's been, it's been, it's been made and remade in many different languages, um, including English, obviously. So it's mm. uh, it's got a, an interesting history behind it on on that score, um, as well as the, the yeah. three books, obviously. <laughs> it's not a series to be a completionist no. about because no. when you've got to cons- consider timelines and different franchises, it's yeah. it messy. Different versions of whatever else. There's loads of stuff out there, isn't there? So yeah, let's try and oh, keep yeah. away from them for now, shall we? <laughs> I'll keep away from them for good, honestly. But... Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the... After watching uh, Yochi's watched the tape, mm. I think um, the plan was that Ryu was going to go off to this island that they managed to find out that a member of um, Shizuku's family still lives at and runs yes. a hotel. Um, Shizuki, they've now found out, is the, the woman that's in the tape and the person who predicted the eruption because they've got that from the newspapers. And they found out where she used to live, where the island was, 
and that they, there was a family home there and someone of a family still lives there. Yeah. Um, and I think Ryu was planning on going on his own until Yochi watched the film and now Reiko wants to be involved in making sure she finds out the history. Um, so poor Yochi at six gets dumped off with his granddad. He seems to absolutely love it, the go fishing. Yeah, and absolutely. He was very, before that, he was very, very closed off, but he seems like a normal kid. He does, he yeah. Granddad. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's weird because obviously he's left alone an awful lot, but Granddad was just down the road. I don't know why he didn't stay with Granddad a lot more. <laughs> we'll <laughs> never know. Never know. Anyway, so they go off to this um, volcanic island. That's handy for the eruption thing that we've, we've had. Um, and they book into. There seems to be someone there that actually sort of visit, greets them and, and sees them to the island. It's like a, I don't know, a fixer of some sort on the island who says, I've got you booked in at such and such a hotel and there's a member mm. of the family there. Um, it's all a bit odd. Well, their researchers at the newspaper or TV station are excellent, so yes, you know, I wouldn't put it true. past them to do this too. So Yeah, yeah, it could be that, couldn't it? They've got researchers that have got them in there. Um, they get into the, the hotel. Um, which is a bit spooky because obviously they recognise straight away um, the corridor being a corridor that's in the film and then they open the door and there's the mirror that we see in the, the, the tape itself. Yes. Um, and then we meet the oldish man who runs the hotel, who obviously knows a lot more than we think. And there's a bit of a confrontation, isn't there? Yeah, he, he denies any knowledge. Yeah. I mean, they, they always do. And yeah. I think he, he completely would have, till, you know, he was in the grave if it wasn't for the fact that Ruichi had DSP. Yeah. Yeah. Which happens a little bit further down the line. Does, but, yeah. yeah. Before that, it's, uh, I think, the uh, runner of the hotel, the manager of the hotel, a woman, yeah. says, oh, yeah. well, yes, this, this did happen and there is a story here. Yeah. So she kind of confirms that. Doesn't really yeah. do much more, but... She tells them about Dr. Ikuma, who is obviously yeah. the the major player in Shizuku's life, I suppose, and this whole story. Yeah. And that's when they run out to the beach to confront it, it the get, old man. It gets very complicated as far as <laughs> what happens here. There's a lot of story it there gets is. through. Uh, yeah, because apparently... Oh, not even trying to get through it. Um, there was powers... <laughs> With this woman of precognition, so he was trying to investigate them. He yeah. took it to a university, yeah, and apparently the doctor ended up dying. But that's not true. That was just a urban legend. Yeah, yeah. And something else happened instead, and we only learn what really happened when we get the the instance on the beach when the old man gets his arm touched. Yes, ESP. Yes, because he was there at the time. Because we see uh, the first thing I think we see in that, um, I'm not sure whose vision it is, whether it's um, Ryu's or, or Reiku who's having that that vision, because they both seem to be seeing the same thing at the same time. Because yeah, it ends with uh, Sadako grabbing her arm and having this black, yeah, like mark on her arm. This, this burn on death, her arm, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Again, I don't think it's important whose it is. No, no. Because essentially what happens in it is there's a display of her yeah. ESP. Yeah. Um, and the, the locals are, call it out and say, this is rubbish. This is a lie. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. 
all storm the stage. Yeah. And in walks Sadako. Yeah. Who is is the kid. Yeah. And it's established in this scene that she has such strong ESP, she can basically look at people and kill them. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Because they call and her a monster at that point, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. And she storms off of her, of her cover and her face. You never see her face at any <laughs> no, point don't. in this movie. You just see like an eye looking up. And look. Yeah. Yeah. Iconic uh, shot. Yeah. And then she grabs um, names. <laughs> Rico. Rico. Oh, yes. Sorry, yes. She grabs Rico's arm and then we're brought out of the, the, the uh, flashback rather yeah. traumatically. Yeah. It's, it is, uh, it is uh, I suppose. That scene on the beach is probably the important scene from the point of view of the whole history of yeah. this tape and what it's all about. Because is it is it then? No, it's later, isn't it? That we actually see the death and how. Yeah, which is horrible. Honestly. Yes. Yeah, which is when they actually get back to the the cabin. Um, which so the net- I think it's one of those scenes like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You think there's a lot of violence in it, but there's yeah. just one scene. It's just, you think there's a lot of death and killing in the ring, but yeah, yeah. The worst thing that happens is that one scene by the well. It is, yeah, yeah. Because I think I think the rest of it, it's all. Um, it's you're right. Actually, Texas Chainsaw Massacre comes comes into that a bit. That when you've watched that, you think there's a lot more killing and there's a lot more guts and gore, but there's there's not. Is mm. there? It's all in your Very mind. Little. Yeah. But um, that, that scene, effectively, they would talk around it, but yeah. Yeah. And the doctor hits Sadako in the head and yeah. she falls down into the well. Yeah. And the well on the video. And yeah. it's horrible. It is, yeah. It's 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 weirdly shot though, because when you see it, it almost looks like an old like black and white movie from long ago. It's it's this this scenes it seems to be a little bit faster than it should be that it's that kind of jerky, mm. fast movement that they have, and then she goes down in the well. Yeah, I guess it was, yeah. Yeah. So it's at that point, which I guess the whole complexion of the movie changes, because before that, Sadako was this, this menace, this monster yeah. that just killed everybody, uh, whoever they may be. Yeah. But after that flashback and after the way she's killed is revealed, she becomes much more sympathetic uh, yeah. Mass sympathetic monster. Yeah, which I guess then leads them to thinking that the way to solve the curse is to find her body. Mm. Um, and by finding her body, that will lift the curse and everything will be fine again because that's what she wants, which makes an awful it's lot of reason. sense. It's yeah. a reasonable assumption. Yeah, it's a really good idea. Um, so they have to now cut back to the mainland because they're on an mm. island still. Um, yeah, but there's a storm coming in because, of course, there is because it's a horror movie and one of them's only got a day left to live, and that would make perfect sense for there to be a storm coming in. Uh- <laughs> yeah, all of the fishermen say, Yeah, you're not going across there in that weather, it's, yeah. it's, it's insane, you're not doing that. Yeah, but of course, there's that one crazy guy on the <laughs> island <laughs> who just happens to be the crazy guy that's been holding this story all along. Um, yeah. And he and gives it, them a lift. Yeah, yeah, because he has a boat as well. Because, you know, as well as running a hotel, he, he has a boat. He's a dabbler. He's yeah, a dabbler. he does a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, it does play into an awful lot of the, the standard horror traits, I suppose, from that point of view, doesn't it? That it's it's like, oh, dark stormy night, everyone's going to die. There's a bit of extra peril here. Um, yeah, it's a literal like, trope in a handwriting, <laughs> uh, a script writing handbook, that. No. Yeah. I think they, but, they do... Um, 
do it all the way through because they, they always seem to ramble the states. It's like, right, Rico's seen the film, so she, the, she's going to die. Ryu's mm. seen the film, he's going to die. Oh, no, look, now her son's seen the film, he's going to die. So you've suddenly got, within three days of each other, all of them are going to be, be killed unless they can solve yeah. the problem. So It's quite normal in this style of uh, J-horror <laughs> that we're all really bleak. Yeah, absolutely. Loads of dead kids and just, it's horrible. <laughs> they don't seem to care, do they? <laughs> no, not in the slightest. Yeah. So we, we somehow, um, they get out of the, the island. They, they manage to navigate the storm without any incident. Um, and they get to the cabin that we started at all that time ago. If she'd hmm. just done what Ryu now does and bashed a big hole in the cellar, um, we would have got there a lot quicker. But must have spent a lot of money on that, you know, <laughs> destroying all of that for a movie. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, Japan's yeah, a bit of a wild west of the cinema. Yeah, it, it's it's weird because actually, I was thinking this when I watched this bit. They never really say why they would think to look in the cellar. You know, why would they think this well was still going to be there underneath the cabin anyway? It's quite convenient how they've built yeah. these, these uh, bungalows, effectively, <laughs> raised above this, when in any other situation, they would just completely level that, that well and build on top of it. Yeah, but they've not. They've left the, the well perfectly intact, just with a wooden board over the top of it, to keep the hole covered in some way. It, it does seem, as I say, very, very convenient. I'm sure building regs in England wouldn't have allowed that type of thing. We would have filled it in with concrete and put proper foundations in and whatever else. Well, you'd hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously they've decided that this well's there, they've found the well, and they now need to find Sadako's body, which they assume yes. is down at the bottom of the well. So with buckets and rope and whatever else, um, Ryu goes into hero mode and lowers it's himself down at the, the well. It's a real race against time in it this is, section. Yeah. It's a matter of hours away from... The first death. Yes. Um, we do get a, a flash. The Ryu gets a flash as he gets into the well of Sadako uh, dripping with blood. And he says she was alive when she fell in here. Yeah. Which I think leads into the whole fact that whenever you've seen Sadako at any point is as the ghostly figure, she's got no fingernails. They've obviously all been ripped yeah. off. So... Which is a, it's a spooky image, but at the same yeah. time, it's her literally trying to claw, uh, claw her way out of this well, which, yeah. again, it's quite horrible, it's, really. Yeah, when you suddenly realise why she's got no fingernails, because that, I think, is the point where you think, ah, that explains that. It is, it's yeah. quite a horrible image to think this poor girl's been knocked down a well, um, dripping with blood, and then has tried to climb her way out a solid brick wall, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, suffocating to death and starving yeah. to death as yeah. their dad knocked her down as well. Yeah. And there is a little talk before this how the suggestion that her dad isn't, that's not her dad, they don't know who her dad is. Yeah. Her dad is somehow not human. Yes. But again, it's another one of these things, which is, it's brought up, but it's just, that's about it really. Yeah, it's, it's all glossed over a bit, isn't it? They kind of, I think at one point they do say that the doctor is her dad, but then they then say, oh, no, he's not. It was something else. And it's never quite explained. Um, you, you, you can say it's it's messy and it's all over the place. Yeah, but yeah. I, 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 I like <laughs> I prefer to think of it as I don't think any one character in the whole story has the true story or the no. whole story. So no. everybody's sort of 
you know, it's it's basically people making things up and yeah. rumors like just getting out of hand. Absolutely, so I think it does yeah. it does make sense as a narrative, even though yes. it doesn't make sense as a narrative. It, I think the thing is that it, it doesn't need to make sense because if it made sense, it wouldn't be as unnerving or as scary. If everything made sense, be like, oh, well, okay, fair enough. So she was knocked down the well. Um, it was her dad that did it. Yeah, she had some strange powers, and, and that, that makes perfect sense. But it there's it'd something be else a, behind it, yeah. It'd be an episode of Murder, She Wrote, if it didn't have the ambiguity, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> I'd quite like to see that absurd. <laughs> Unless she's done anything else, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so he's, he's, he's down the well, and he's getting as much water out of the well as possible to try and find the body. Uh, mm. And at the same time, up at the top of the well, Reiko's now actually having that. That time when she suddenly, the whole weight of what's going on must fall on her shoulders and she thinks she's going to die. And she knows if she dies, then Ryu's going to die. And therefore her son's going to die as well. Um, and she passes out. Yeah. Yeah. So after passing out, bizarrely, Ryu decided to be a better idea if she went down to the bottom of the well to try and find Sadako I mean, instead they, of him. They got divorced <laughs> for a reason. So, <laughs> why? Why not that? Um, yeah, Very sense, yeah. She doesn't really try to get any water out. She just buries her hands deep yeah, into yeah. the well, and she finds finds the skull with that yes. black hair. Yes, covered in gunge. Yeah, yeah. And, we get um, we get one of the the only jump scares in the um the thing where the, the hands actually grab her arms from the water before she finds the skull, doesn't it? Oh yeah, because no, there's no jump scares. It's all crawling dread. Yeah, but that one is a definite. Oh, what was that? But it's very very quick, and it's just enough yeah. to make you you go a bit scared. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she brushes the hair off yeah. the the skull. Yeah. Gunge just falls out of its eyes. It's the most gross out moment oh, of the whole it, thing. I think. It is, yeah, definitely. And she effectively gives it a hug. Yes, <laughs> a skeleton, a hug, and tells it's all right. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's trying to kill you, but you know, yeah. fine. Yeah. But it, it, again, it's it never. I know a lot. She kills a lot of people, but they yeah. never look at Sadako like a bad guy. Really, no, it's, no, she's not. She's she's almost she's the victim, isn't she? Completely, yeah. Yeah, um, it's almost like her her killing spree is some sort of revenge, and it's it's allowed to be a revenge because she was killed in such a nasty way. Yeah. What well, needed to find it? Um, police turn up. Yeah. Crime has been solved. Yay! Hip, hip, hooray, everybody. Nothing yeah. bad's going to happen. Any of our heroes no. were all safe and <laughs> fine and dandy. Also, we think. <laughs> yes, another rug pull there. Yeah. So we find out. Um, well, we go to Ruigi, don't we? Yeah. We go to his flat. There's like yeah. two scenes here, two very, very pivotal scenes, which sort yes. of uh, explain everything which happened. Yeah. yeah. Ruigi has to die first. Yes. Because if he doesn't, then she doesn't know that she somehow survived the curse. Yes. And yeah, it's the infamous scene. Yeah, he's he's tapping away on his. No, he's not actually got a computer, is it? I keep. It's a nineties movie. People it's like he hasn't got a computer there. at home. No, God, no. Imagine that. And writing down on his notepad, and his yeah. TV turns itself on. Yeah. 
and it's the the well. It is, yeah. And then we get the very, very infamous scene, which amazingly it still has its power because it's it one of these iconic scenes which was parodied by everything. Yeah. yeah. I think that it was in one of the scary movie films, wasn't it? At some point, yeah. I'm sure it is. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's surely the death blow for any <laughs> scary scene. But no, it, it still works. It still works, absolutely, yeah. It's still something incredible. about the way she moves, yeah. Yeah, it's... Because, you know, I think it's modern ghost movies where we yeah. used to the ghost jumping and it's a, yeah. like a big jump scare, jolting yeah. thing. But yeah. no, he's very, very slow. Very, yeah. very, very deliberate. Yeah, it's a slow creeping dread, isn't it? That he can see yeah. that she's coming for him. I think that moment when her head comes out of the television set and there's no bursting out, it just comes out slowly. Yeah. Uh, it's the moment where he realises he, he's, he's done for, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, and to get a very iconic shot again of his contorted face. Yeah, which goes to the same as every other one. They just put a negative version of his face on the, the screen, uh, yeah. freeze frame it, and then you move off to whatever the next scene is. Yeah, when I was uh, watching this originally, I thought it was dying of fright, but it was in this one, I realised that what she's doing is just stopping their hearts by yeah. looking at them. Yeah. Which is even worse. It is. Nasty it is. way to go. Yeah, and I suppose the, the, the look on their face is because she just she she looks horrendous, I suppose. As she, I mean that whole thing when she's crawling across the floor and you see her hands and the fingers are bending, there's no fingernails there. And then you just see you do see that one eye at this point, and it's it's rolling into the back of her head through her hair, and it's just it's a horrible vision. Um, and for that to be the last thing you see before your heart stops, it's no wonder that they've got this contorted look on their face. Um, I don't know. If, don't think it's a look of pain, though. I think they always describe it as being a, a look of a fright rather than of pain or anything like that. So yeah. Yeah. Go back to the, uh, the female lead again. I'm really bad with names. I'm sorry Ra- about Rico. this. Rico. 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 We go back to Rico. Yeah. And she wonders what what happened. Yeah. Why am I still alive? Yeah. And in a reflection, she sees the ghostly figure with the shroud over his the head. The bag over his head, yeah. Pointing <laughs> the head bag. Yeah. It's nice to explain why. Yes. But, and it's she digs it's weird, a, that, yeah. that figure was in the film pointing at something. And for him to be perfectly positioned to be pointing at her bag in this scene seems just a little bit coincidental. But who knows? Yeah, it's nice to put a ribbon on. Yeah, I didn't imagine they'd expect it would be anywhere near as popular. So yeah, just yeah. wanted to be a conclusive, complete narrative rather than yeah. stringing people along. Yeah, which is one of the reasons why I love it really. Because yes, this is an era of every movie having all of the sequels. Yes, <laughs> and in the bag anyway is the copy, the tape, the original yeah. tape, and the copy. Yeah, and it's that which saved her. Yes. So she works out that actually the way of solving the curse is to, it's basically a chain letter, isn't it? And I think that's yes. the way it was. Um, that was where the idea that Kochi Suzuki originally came up with it was the idea of you can get a chain letter. If you don't pass it on within a certain amount of time, then something nasty will happen to you. And he's made basically a, a chain video. That yeah. If you don't pass on a copy of the chain video, then you will die within seven days. It's just... That's the rules. They just never explained the rules. They just said you're going to die in seven days. Um, if only she'd said, unless you copy the tape, everything would be fine. 
<laughs> well, yeah. When I mean, you get movies like uh, It Follows, yeah, uh, inspired by this whole yeah. curse, very, 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 very closely. Yeah. But yeah, um, excellent movie. Oh, yes. No. Yeah. You can pick. You can pick it apart, but I don't know oh, yeah. there's a movie where you can't do that. Really. No, I, so. I think every movie that you watch, you can pick apart in some way. I mean, this now has the. I think it's got a really bleak ending, considering that we've now got a solution in that we know that if you make a copy of the tape and let somebody else watch it, that's it, you'll, you'll live. But her solution, obviously, is to ring her dad and say, I'm coming over with a video recorder and need you to watch something. So basically, her solution to saving her son is to force her father to watch this film that is going to kill him. Meaning yeah, that, that he's... horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Whether he not... He then is going to go, well, I'll make a copy so that I'll pass it on, or whether it's just uh, I'm old enough, I'll just die yeah. and that'll be it. It's all done. But it's it leaves you with her driving along the road to see her dad with a video on the, the seat beside her. Yeah. I mean, it's part of this whole era of J horror, really, where yeah. it's a fear of technology. Pulse uh, yes, by yeah. Kyoshi Kurosawa does yeah. the same thing, but for the internet. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's a running theme, and it does have this grimy look about it. Yeah. So. It's, it is, let's say, it's just it's a really bleak ending to just do that. But I suppose it also leaves it up, leaving open for a sequel if they were going to make the money and they thought, oh, a sequel's possible. Yeah. The coin to the backstory, or well, no, that's my birthday ring zero, isn't it? Where they're going yeah. to who the Sadako character was and is. Yeah. I, it was it was mega, mega successful. It was huge, yeah. In in every country as well, which is why yeah. I think there's so many remakes of it through different countries. But yeah, it's, it's, it did big business. Um, I mean, that's that's pretty much the film. Is there anything we've missed, do you think? Any sort of key scenes we've missed out? Um, no, it's like little bits like that sim- signify something a bit more interesting. Uh, yep. Like shots where um, Reiko looks out in the cityscape and she sees all the houses which have like videos and yeah. TVs and things there are could be places where Sadako could be or could yeah. get. It's like little touches like that, I think, are quite nice as far yeah. as building out the sort of danger of Sadako, really. Yeah. But generally speaking, I think everything that we touched on is is it really. Yeah. Have you got any favorite scenes? Um, I, I want to say the end one, but it's kind of obvious, isn't it, really? It is, it's the obvious one to say, yeah, that crawling across the floor. But it, it's a very powerful scene. It's certainly, it's the one that everyone knows of. If, if you haven't seen the film, you'll still know about Sadako yeah. crawling out the television set. It's, what, what is it, like 25 years or so since it was released? But I, yeah, I go, be, yeah, yeah. go on record and say it is one of the most iconic horror scenes of that 25 years. Yeah. Yeah, that much that. really comes close. Yeah, yeah. It's it's weird that it is just one scene in the film, and it's so late on in the film that that such an iconic scene. You'd think that it was used more than once within the film, or it was earlier on, or whatever. But yeah, you know, it's, it's it's just there at the very end. Yeah, all that dread has been building up. Yeah, and I yeah. guess that is kind of the release of all of that dread. Absolutely, yeah, and I suppose. Having then seen that film, that at the end, you know that's what happened at the very start. Yes. So when when the camera is just focusing on the teenage girls in the kitchen, 
And she has that look on her face that something's happening. It's obviously that is Starko coming out of her telly and attacking her. And I guess somehow she crawled out of the radio in the car. I don't know. Yeah, that is, that is a odd one. That, uh, we'll never I would know. like to understand that one. <laughs> but yeah, it's obviously that that's happened several times and that's how she gets around. Um, yeah, We touched on it briefly, but sequels, what do we think? Best divided, honestly. <laughs> I think Ring Are any of them worth watching? <laughs> Ring 2 is worth a watch. Yeah. It has That's some really nice scares as a bit like uh, in the uh, well. Yes. Which has a really creepy, it's behind you, jump scare. Yeah. It's a much more traditional horror movie, the second one. It is, yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. But, yeah, that, that and the sequel are the ones you should watch. I know people love the American one, but... <sighs> It's the original ring, Ringu Hideo Nakata. It's very, very subtle, very brooding, very yeah. under the surface. Yeah. Whereas in the American one, it's everything is on the surface. There's lots yeah. of shouting, lots of screaming. It's action, yeah. explosions. It's yeah. action horror. It's loud and in your face. Yeah. Well, I even it suits the material. Even down to its ending, where you actually see her get her son to press the record button on the tape to make a copy of the tape. It's like. That's how you have to fix it. You have to make a copy. It's absolutely spelled out for you. Um, a little bit too much, I think, but yeah. Yeah, but the Ring and Ring 2, definitely yeah. worth a watch. Uh, what about Ring Zero? Because it's a bizarre one. Yeah, it, it doesn't really feel like it's with no. a part of the same rate series, does it? Because actually, it it's Sadako's life, but it doesn't fit with the... Um, flashbacks that we saw in mm. Ring. It doesn't work. I don't quite see how it works there. I mean, if you're a completionist, yes. Yeah. But if you're a completionist, you also have to watch <laughs> all the tangential ones and the 1995 soft car movie yeah. and the American one and the Korean ones. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> all the other bits that are there. Um, read the books. It's just, Read the books, yeah. Just leave the first two and you're, you're good. Yeah, I must admit, I, w- I would say that the first two films are where you'd go. If you wanted to extend it, I would actually go with extend it to the books just because, as we were saying before I started recording, um, they're taken in a completely different route uh, yes. to a science fiction world of virtual reality and computer programs. And actually, you realise none of this actually happened. It was all a computer program. That <laughs> It sounds barmy, honestly. <laughs> oh. It, it is balmy, but honestly, uh, it, it, they're worth a read. Uh, certainly the first book, so Ring, um, adds a lot to this film, although it's a lot different. Mm. Uh, it gives you a little bit of insight into, I suppose, some of the elements that we've said in here were a bit of a mess. Um, that's covered better in the novel, so you can kind of go, ah, I see where that comes in, and I understand that a bit better. So We'll give that a... Read because I'm trying to get into horror fiction, and I've yeah. only got one Japanese author from a book on my list of uh, Ryu Murakami. So right, those. Yeah, well, stick stick yeah. Koji Suzuki down there and uh, try his uh, his Ring trilogy. Yeah, they're very yeah. They're, they're they're quite interesting. Like I say, by the time you get to the third one, you are thinking, what am I reading now? Because this isn't what it started <laughs> with. This isn't the same cabin that they found the videotape in. Um. I think we kind of touched on it earlier. How, how do you think it holds up as a, a horror film now then? Would it, does it work still? For me, yes. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's it's not what you remember it as. It's a mystery movie with yeah. horrible dread and yeah. some int- really interesting character work, like humanizing this monster into something which is a victim. I think it does a lot of great work. Yeah. From a director who doesn't really like horror, but he's so successful at it, keep on making him <laughs> do more horror movies. Hey, if you can do something, you may as well keep doing it. Yeah. 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 So, but if you're, I'd say, under about 25, <laughs> yeah, I possibly. think you're going to really yeah. struggle with it. Yeah. I think the whole idea of a VHS tape, um, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't work now, does it? Um, it's like so people call about slashes why would that happen you just pick up your phone and it's done it's one of those little historical loopholes which unfortunately you can't get around I've just remembered there's a a great line in in the novel um, which is when our lead character who isn't Reiko in the the novel obviously um, rings his dad about making a copy of the tape and his dad says "Uh, Betamax or VHS so, <laughs> so, <laughs> which, well, that dates something immediately. Isn't yeah. it? <laughs> it's, it's maybe they should have they should have left that in for the film, I think. <laughs> hmm. But it, it would make it work even less for uh, anyone under twenty five. Definitely, probably even older than that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, big question then. Okay. I did say you're gonna have to think about it probably, but can you sell this film to me in thirty seconds? Uh, I'll give it a go. <laughs> go on then. <laughs> um, Ring was a Japanese horror movie based on a book which effectively changed the industry. Uh, it made the, Jap- the Hollywood system stop pushing out sequel after sequel of slashes and completely reinvented what a Hollywood horror movie was. All from this little humble Japanese movie about a killer videotape. Hugely influential. Its influence can be still felt today. Very, very important. Uh, I think that about covers it. Yeah, I think so. And it's probably about 30 seconds as well. So well done. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I think that's pretty much us. Done, I think. I think we've gone through the film, unless there's anything else you think we've missed out that you want to say about it. No. 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 Just to say that. Absolutely then, everything. Yeah. It's, um, what try and get my words out. Complete wrong words come out of my mouth there. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, where can people find you on social media, that type of thing, if they wanted to get in touch? Uh, to get me on social media, it's underscore RJ Simpson on Instagram and Twitter. But for my writing, go to thegeekshow.co.uk and you will find everything there. Brilliant. Fantastic. Okay. Well, Rob, thanks very much for coming on the show. It's been good to talk to you about Ring. Um, speak to you soon. Thanks for having me. Thanks again, Rob. It was good to talk to you about Ring. Just a quick few things. First off, the picture competition that was going on Twitter, just to say that the Lego build was, of course, Ecto-1 from Ghostbusters. So well done to the Midnight Run podcast and friend of the pod, Ian Robinson, for guessing that one. Although Ian was closer by seeing Ecto-1, not the Ecto-mobile. Also, just a little shout-out to Feedspot, who have voted us number 16 in their top 60 movie podcasts. I shall put a link to the Feedspot website in the show notes. There you go. Right, next time is a very special one. It is the end of Series 1, and because it's the end of Series 1, 
I'm actually going to do my favourite film. So here's my trailer for my favourite film. If you want a good action film with lots of sword fighting, lightning, quickening, and Scottish people, forget about the sequels, don't lose your head, there can be only one. If you can't guess what the film is from that, that's probably all the better. It'll make it more fun when you're there. I will be joined next time by my guest hosts, Matt and James, or James and Matt, depending on which way you want to look at it, from the Journey Through Sci-Fi podcast. Until then, from me, for now.